Is this why your your interest went away from history? What are you gonna do when you got Monday, Wednesday, Friday doing nothing, just sitting around? You're gonna think about aliens and stuff. That's right. This is the Campus Report, where we sit down with a graduate from high school, currently enrolled in college, giving them the chance to talk about what they're studying and what it's like transitioning from high school into college, and what it might take for them to choose small-town America as their adult destination. Stay with us for this episode of the Campus Report. Welcome back to the Campus Report. This is Craig Weinberg in studio with, again, the long-lost... Alex Papowski. It's me. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Excellent. I, so I actually, Uh-oh. I'm pretty sure now, I know I said this last time, I think now I'm the person who's returned the most times for this specific podcast. This will be my third time on Is here. this number three? This is number three. I did one oh, with Sean. Wow. I did yeah. one by myself. Does that count? I guess it does. You're right. Yeah, Merely appearance. Here. Yep, that counts. I'll give that to you. Yeah. How are you? I'm good. I'm doing great. So the last time we talked. It was over a year ago. Mm-hmm. You had just switched uh, gears, Correct. I believe, right? You, yes. You decided, I don't want to go to school for what I thought I was going for. That's right. Uh, different school? No, same school? No, same same school. school, just a different topic. Different part of the school. Right. <laughs> so uh, that was moving into the film world. That's correct. And was that worth it? Absolutely. Yeah? I think so, for sure. So now that was the right choice. Absolutely. I have been having the time of my life over the last year or so. I've had so many new experiences and stuff that I definitely wouldn't have if I would have just stuck with what I was doing before I started. Um, yeah, a whole lot of new opportunities, and I think that it's just over in one year I've learned for sure that this is exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. So long-term, what does that look like? Whatever I am able to do. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. So um, what is the main focus? Is it actually filmmaking? Yes. Or is it learning how the, the, the system works? So it's definitely, it's filmmaking. Because mm-hmm. there's, two, there's two film majors at my school. There's, there's only two of you? No, they're film like two <laughs> film related majors. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm... there's film studies, which is more like the, watching movies, kind of, and like the academic aspect of it. You know, like the history of films and studying them, and like the more technical aspects. And there's film production, which is much more the making side of everything, mm-hmm. and that's what I'm in. I'm doing film production. So. I'm confused with, I mean, what is the other one for? I think that's going to be more for people who want either to, A, want to teach. Well, there, there it is. Never mind. That's or, the answer. Yeah. What else would it be? What else would it be good for? Like criticism. I know that's an emphasis. Like film criticism is an emphasis within that major. Man, do we have studies on other kind of criticisms? I don't know. I Wouldn't bet that there be is. cool? I bet there is. Hmm. Can we just, make up a major? Yeah, let's that would do be it. for criticizing things. Just, just criticism. That's the whole thing. Oh, cross the. <laughs> well, ooh, I like it. Yeah, and there can be emphasis like in it. Yeah. <laughs> Home builder criticism. There I like we go. That. Just yeah. go around and just tear down. <laughs> <laughs> you know that decision to put that wall was terrible. That was awful. Or or good. Or yeah, you know, <laughs> it's it goes both ways. Hmm. 
Sorry, that was a sidetrack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so fil- so th- that would be a value. Is there money in film criticking? Is that, is that the right word? I guess there would have film to be. Film critiquing. There that's you go, probably, critiquing. Yeah. Mm. See, that sounds more elegant. It does. Yeah, I, I assume that there's money in it. Otherwise, people probably wouldn't do it. This is wouldn't. not true. You know that's not the case. How many studies are there in the in, in the university well, world yeah. that really, the chances of you getting a job in that field are slim? I guess that's true. I mean, there's kind of slim chances of me getting a job, <laughs> But too, at least you're you doing one it. that's hands-on. Yeah, that's true. You're learning hands-on. Right. Product. Whereas the other one is, let's watch this film. <laughs> right. And then let's talk about it. Well, and I will say, too, I don't know if... I'm, Sorry, that's I'm sure that, rude of me, but... Well, I'm sure that no one that I've ever been taught by is listening to this at all, but the one professor that I've had that has taught a film studies class has been my least favorite class that I've taken Ooh. in the curriculum so far. So in the studio with us today is Robert. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not, no! <laughs> not Alex. Alex is not here. It's Robert. Uh. Oh wait, no, they're listening. Uh, they're, they're definitely. So, not what listening. was the your uh, the biggest thing that made you go, "Yep, this is what I want to do"? So it was actually it was just real recently. It was about a month ago. Um, so one of the classes that I'm taking this semester is just it's called practicum, and the whole purpose of the course is to do like go out and do hands-on stuff that's not necessarily related to any of your other classes, and then you you have to write papers on it. So it's like one of them that I one of the things I can do is I can go to like a local film festival and like write papers still about film that. related though yeah it ha- yeah it's within and I think there's a lot of other majors that have a okay. practicum as well but it's just doing stuff related to your major outside of a classroom setting hmm. and one of the things that I was able to do was I was able to crew on a senior film so the seniors in the film production program they're all they do their senior year, assuming they've gotten all their other stuff out of the way, is they spend them and it's like they group up at the beginning of the year and then they spend the entire year just making one film, one project. So the whole first semester is dedicated entirely to pre-production and then the entire second semester is filming it and then editing. And So then they each play a role, like they take on the roles right. of everything you'd need. Right. Okay. And so... And then they use the the underclass people for as their flunkies. Yeah, yeah, as just whatever, like they're grunts. <laughs> and I like it. Yeah, and so uh, I experience got to know a girl uh, last year who was a senior this year, and she was the producer on a film mm-hmm. that was being made this year. And so she asked me if I would be interested in having a just a production assistant position. And I said, absolutely. Um, and so for a week, I spent all my time just traveling around to their various sets and helping out in any way I could. And it was probably the coolest thing I've ever done in my whole life, even though, I mean, it was it was so simple. And I was doing just bare minimum grunt work, just moving stuff back and forth. And I got to a couple of days, I got to run the little clapper. Yeah, that was real fun, but um, so you probably need to be able to write, yeah, so people can read it, yeah, um, but just being able to, cause I, you know, I got to get, I got to know the director, mm-hmm. cause that's ideally what I want to do is I want to direct, 
And that is something that I also found out through doing this. After actually seeing someone directing actors and being in charge of a the most real movie set that I've been on besides like the rinky dink things I did in high school with my buddies. It was super cool just seeing that in action and being able to being able to see that is what made me know like this is it. This is what I want to do. How hard is it to get to where you direct something that matters? Is it almost impossible? I don't know if it is almost impossible because I feel like directing something that matters is easy enough. It's getting a large enough amount of people to see it. That's the difficult part. Because you can make something and have it and 10 people can see it. And then that, I mean, you've made it, but maybe no one will see it. And then it's up to getting it into festivals and getting it to like distributors and stuff so that you can get it out to other people. And I think that's definitely the difficult part. So at some point it becomes who you know. Yeah, for sure. That's almost the entirety of it, I think, is who you know. Okay. So you you uh, ran the clapper on Carrier, is that what it's called? Yes, Carrier. Was this like... um a precursor to this coronavirus outbreak? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a little different. Uh, so a brief summary of what the movie's going to be. Now, is, now, will this ever be available to the public, or is this just for school and then it's, I, it's just a, a class project? I'm pretty sure they're hoping to submit it to various festivals and stuff, because that, that's one of the things that our program is very good at, is mm-hmm. trying to... Make trying to make sure that everything that you make is actually going to be like a stepping stone in your actual career. None of it is just a classroom project. It's all stuff that's supposed to be able to fit in your portfolio and be stuff that you can show off and say, this is something I made just with the help of a university and their equipment, you know? And so anyway, the the basic plot of the film is it's a guy named Robert and he's I knew it I, yeah you were right weird <laughs> he's kind of down on his luck and his wife's getting angry at him and he gets a letter in the mail from a anonymous mysterious person and he ends up getting a job delivering letters for this man named Mr. Malloy who may or may not be a kind of shady character and things go awry in the way that things go awry in movies is this a suspenseful thriller? I'd say so. Yeah. Because I, like I said, I was, I was on set. There was only one day that I wasn't on set. I think I did the math and I was there almost, geez, I don't know, probably 50 hours. I was there. There were a few days where we were on set for like 10 hours. So this was during your school time. Right. So how, how did that work out? Like, so are, are they, does the school say, yep, you go? Like that's part of the, the, for, the studies? Kind of. So in my case, I got a really, really good class schedule this semester. I have no in-person classes Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And then I have two classes in person on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So you don't have to be at school those days? Tech, no. I have, a, huh. I'm taking two or three online courses. That's great job training for you yeah, right there. Yeah. Yeah. Two days a week, I'm good. <laughs> I'm taking two or three <laughs> online courses and I guess that's just kind of how it worked out. Um, and so one of those in-person classes is a 
film class as well. It's my techniques of directing class that I'm taking. Um, and so basically it was just, I told, I talked to that professor and I said, Hey, what's better way to learn about directing than to be on an actual set watching an actual granted a student director, but someone who's been in your class and is obviously employing the things you've taught. And he was like, yeah, it's a great idea. You can go to do that instead. I agree that that's a valuable experience. That's cool. Yeah. And so that was what I did for that entire week. Basically there was one day we got on set. We got there at 9 a.m. I think we had to drive. I had to drive about half an hour out of town to this tiny little town. What was it? I don't remember the name of the town. It was a small little town and we were in a church that let us film in there and we were filming just in like the pastor's office and we filmed there for two days and one of the days we were there from 9am to I think 8.30pm wow yeah it was a full day how much yelling happened very very little really I think I got to I was I was very lucky I think I got to be in a group that was already very close friends mm. Um, and so they all knew each other and they knew how to work with each other very well. And so just being able, it was already, it was a well-oiled machine and I just kind of got to witness it. I guess probably when you get into the, <clears throat> the, <coughs> the, the bigger world where you deal with divas. Right. Maybe that's when yelling happens. Yeah. Cause I think even like, I know a few of the people had worked with, one of the actors before he's a he's an actor in the area who has been in a lot of student films and then one of them is a recent graduate of MSUM their theater produ- or their theater program and so they tapped him for the lead actor as well and so it was just kind of everyone everyone worked really well together it was a it was a very very nice place to be i thought there were a few times when stress ran a little high because we were behind schedule or stuff was... Like, was it scheduled out to the minute almost? Yes, very much so. Like, we had we had a guy on set whose entire job, he had a clipboard with a sheet of paper, and he's like, all right, you have three minutes to finish this, and then we're moving on. And so he... Because our director is very... He was very much a perfect... Like, a perfectionist, and wanted to do 10 takes of everything if he could, and so it was kind of the assistant director's job to be like, all right, you got to kind of wrap this up, keep it moving. How many times did a safety get taken? Hey, we're going to do an- another safety. Oh, so many. All the time. So about every- hey, that was perfect, but let's try one more Just time. about every shot. Really? Yeah. What did you shoot on? Or what did they shoot on? Just, I'm not sure what camera they had. It was just a DSLR. Really? Yep. Yeah, I'm not sure what camera they were using, though. 4K or no? Yes. The school's machine? Yes. Hmm. Yeah. We had, there was a lot of equipment that I had no idea the school had that we got to use. We had a, a, um, uh, I, I just had to look up the name of this cause I couldn't remember. It was a jib. Mm-hmm. I didn't know the school had one of those, but it was no like big. a, it was filled up most of the room cause they, <laughs> it was, I'm not going to say anything for spoiler purposes of the movie, but it was the very final shot of the movie. And the camera just kind of rises up slowly. It's going to look really cool. I didn't get to actually see it because I didn't get to be in the room 
because I was doing other stuff, but it's going to be it, just seeing. I'm sorry. Yes, you're good now. What was that? <laughs> I censored you out. Oh, yeah, it was censoring. Okay, that's what I thought, but I wasn't sure. Yeah, they just, get, I mean, and even in some of the classes that I'm taking now, being able to, we have just like a equipment rental room that you can rent just about anything. Check out. Yeah. Or do you have to pay for it? No, we don't have okay. to pay for it. Well, no. you're, you're we're, paying, we're for paying it. a lot of money for it, actually. But nice. uh, yeah, lighting, everything, mm-hmm. lighting, sound, cameras, everything. So, how was the the, the sound on this show? Like I on think set, what what they use? They just a boom, a yeah, shotgun. So the yep, just a shotgun boom and a zoom mixer. Okay. Um, but I looked up one of those mics because they have which one? Uh, it's a Sennheiser four sixteen. Let me see. I have it pulled up because I looked it up on Amazon because I was like, oh, that'd be really mm-hmm. cool to have. Yep, until you saw a thousand dollar price tag. I saw the thousand dollar price tag. <laughs> yeah. Um, Sennheiser 416. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is a, a industry standard. Yeah. Hey, I almost got one the other day. Ooh. And then I realized I didn't need it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. But when it's 300 bucks off, it's a good deal. Right. But, yeah. And I mean, even. Cause I, I have the MKE four or six hundred. I think is what I have. Okay, which works just fine. It was yeah. three hundred and fifty dollars. And then the cameras that we use in my class, the my techniques of directing class, the camera that we're able to use is the Panasonic HCX one Ultra HD four K. This bad guy right here. Mm, okay. Yeah. Built-in a, lens. There's no interchangeable lens. Correct. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. And is that probably just because the goal of where you're at is learn filmmaking? Make something. Don't worry about, you know, you got to have the 15 different prime lenses on set. And right. All gotcha. Yeah. I mean, they, even for the, the one that I worked on beginning of February, they had three or four different lenses that right. they were switching out regularly. But yeah, for right now, it seems like the, the prime focus is just make something good. And then, isn't then, that relative in the film world? Yeah, just make something that is serviceable, and then we can work out the kinks later on. Gotcha. Right now, it's just learning the techniques because it's it's a techniques of directing class, so it's the basic techniques of everything. So, is the love of history gone? No, not at all. I haven't done anything with it. <laughs> um, so the passion is missing. Well. The I would say the main reason I haven't done anything is because I went into college with a bunch of credits because I was sure I was going to be a history teacher. Right. And so I had taken a bunch of like college history classes online in high school. So I had all my history credits basically done before I even got in there. So now I don't need any more. So I, <laughs> I haven't taken any because it'd just be kind of a waste of time and money more than anything. You're 19 now? 20. 20. I'm 20. Uh, I follow your social media presence. Yes. You had an affinity for Andrew Yang. That is true. Do tell. He, you know, I thought he was just a, he was a very unique person in the political sphere. I thought that he kind of came in with not so much like a he didn't have the the 
I don't know how to word this. He he wasn't a politician, you know, which I kind of appreciated. Um, and I thought that Why? he was bringing because I think that a lot of politicians right now, I think that a lot of the world of politics, it's a lot of get in and get reelected as many times as I am allowed to by law and then get out and maybe make a couple of Is there changes. ever a get out scenario outside of the presidency? I mean, if they're voted out, I guess that's kind of what I'm saying is you try and get in and then make as like, maybe not even necessarily sit up for what you 100% believe in, but you do whatever you think will get you to stay in your spot. So did Yang have a chance? I think he got a lot closer than I, than even I ever <laughs> thought he would. Cause I started following him before, you know, it was probably over a year ago. What part of him intrigued you the most? I know the reason I, I am intrigued with this mm-hmm. conversation is, uh, well, one, I love politics. Right. And two, uh, you can vote. Right. In this presidential cycle. This is cycle. going to be my first presidential And that's election. a big deal. It is. And I love the fact that you uh, appear to be at least engaged. Yeah. Um, I'm not even really sure what first kind of drew me to him. I think it was just because I heard about him because my roommate is a political science major. So he is very, very, very into politics all the time. And one day I heard he was talking about him and I was like, this guy sounds kind of interesting, you know, it's unique. And I looked him up and his website had a policy page that was like, he had like 150 different like individual policies and all of them were detailed and laid out and exactly how he would go about implementing them. And it was just all very detail oriented. And I hadn't seen that. In a lot, because you know, I was following along with the election. I was looking into a lot of the people, and none of the other a lot of it was all. It seemed like it was kind of thin, and then filled in with big words that sounded cool. And that's how you do politics. Exactly. That's that's what I'm saying, and that's why I think this was really different. Was because you could look, and he'd be like, "All right, this is the issue," or maybe it wasn't even that big of an issue. Like one of his, one of the policies he had was like, uh. Year-round daylight savings. Oh, hello. Come on now. Yeah, just, or, you know. Speaking, that just happened exactly, yesterday. Exactly, And so he's like. Someone give us a reason that we have to keep doing this that makes sense. Because I have not heard it. It doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. And so it was like a whole big page of, all right, this is a thing. This is what it could change if we didn't have it. This is how I'd go about doing it. This is why it would make things better, typically. And... Now he's he's out of the race. And like I said, I think he got a lot further than I even did when I was first learning about him. I was like, oh, this guy's cool, but he's probably not going to make it very far. And then he ended up being in like sixth place nationally before he finally dropped out. Should he have just quit? Probably. I saw the re- the reasoning. He said why he quit is he didn't feel like it was right to keep taking people's donations and money if he didn't think that it was going to take him all the way to the White House. And I guess I kind of respect that he saw that 
it wasn't probably wasn't going to happen. So he should stop taking people's money and donations and try to put it towards something else. So why didn't you just quit then? What do you mean? Rather than suspend the campaign. I think that's what a lot of people do is because it's like you mm-hmm. never know. Some people, uh-huh. they could maybe jump back in. And they also surprise. Um, <clears throat> don't have to give back the money. Right. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. How is this not corrupt? I, I gave him a decent amount of money. There's a news flash. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so you suspend, and they all do. They Everyone does it. Yeah. They never quit. Right. They suspend it. Right. And so they then they keep then then they get to dole out their cash. I guess. Hello. I I don't know. It just feels somewhat corrupt. A little. I think bit. if you're not if, if you're gonna be done, be done. Yeah. I yeah. Don't collect. Don't don't finish paying people out. You know. Don't don't maintain a staff. All the things. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know. So. Um, at this point mm-hmm. in the game, yeah, it's narrowing down. Right. There's three uh, are people you, left. Well, technically, well, yeah. Vermin Supreme's in there. Vermin Supreme's in there. He sure is. What a, a guy! For everyone, I love him. You know, he's you know he's straight up about it too. Yeah, he's yeah. He's like, you need to let me run your life mm-hmm. because I know what's best. Yeah, I, you know, so finally an honest politician. Yeah, I love him. I think that. And he's... when you wear a boot on your head, I mean, yeah, it'll draw attention to you for sure. He's been running, he ran in every election oh, yeah. since like 82. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yep. And then there's a guy uh, somewhere, in, I think in New York, he tries to run every now and then too, on some obscure party. Yeah. I don't know, it cracks me up. Yeah, it's great. I'd... So there are three, but there's only two. There's only really two. You think that's legitimate? No, I don't. Not really. Do you like the, the options at the moment? I get. I don't hate them, but I would have preferred others. Obviously, from Math our, Man. Yeah, Math Man. I like Tulsi Gabbard. I think that she kind of got the short end of the stick. <laughs> yes, she's absolutely getting just yeah sidelined. Yeah, they're changing the debate rules to keep her out mm-hmm. and all sorts of Which stuff. Which you would think, as the party of inclusion and diversity, I agree. They would be standing up for a female still in the race. Yeah, right. And they're just acting like she's not even there. Yeah. It's horrible. What does that do? Does that put some sort of a stain on the Democratic Party? I think so. I would absolutely say so. And I think that that's been there because she was the vice chair of the DNC back in 2015, 2016. And then when they they were like, Hillary's the nominee. When they cheated. Cheated Bernie out of it. She dropped out, and she said, this is not right. You guys kind of stole this election from the guy who probably should have been your nominee. I think this is wrong. I'm out. And now I think this is kind of their way of getting payback on her for stepping out. (laughs) Just keep her out of every form of media and debate and everything. So do you think that it's a legitimate complaint for the Speaker of the House— who happens to be a female politician from San Francisco, mm-hmm. uh, Ms. Pelosi, Yes, uh, to claim that the reason that Elizabeth Warren and Amy Klomachar are not in there anymore is because of misogyny. No, I think that that because is incorrect. Because wouldn't that point the fingers to all, since this is a primary, for crying out loud. Right. Wouldn't that cl- essentially mean that 
the entire Democrat Party are misogynist pigs that don't can't handle a woman? Is that essentially what they would be saying? Kind of, because, I mean, if if their whole thing is that the, they, some of the women got out because of the fact that they're women, they should be rallying around the one woman <laughs> exactly. that's left running. The problem is she's the wrong woman. Right. And the right woman wasn't in the race this time. Exactly. Yet. Yet. Apparently. You think she's coming back? I think so. Who knows? I think so. <laughs> yeah. Um, because the Hulu documentary just dropped. Have you watched that yet? I have not. The Hillary documentary? I've heard of it. I have not watched it yet. It's like four hours long. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, cool. Yeah, I haven't, just, I haven't seen it. Great. Um, <laughs> But it came out right this moment. Yeah. Which, what does that say? I mean, I think that was probably calculated. Yeah. That was 100% calculated. Yeah. And then I, there was a poll quote that she claims um, that she is she should not have apologized for the email scandal during the 16 election. She just, mm. against her better judgment, she apologized. And she would like to take it back now because um, she shouldn't have done that. That's going to do a lot right now. Yeah. Yeah. So who's going to be the guy? Because clearly it's not going to be Tulsi. I mean, right. something big would have, have to happen. Right. Um, maybe the two almost 80-year-olds yeah, could die. They, yeah. I, who, I mean, or would. Who knows? They're both ill and somewhat senile. Mm-hmm. That's why, you know, at this point, I don't know who's going to get it. I just, I'm more almost more interested in seeing who they pick as their vice president. Because I think Cause that, that <laughs> that's going to be who ends up as our president in a few years. <laughs> so you, you currently live in Minnesota. Yeah. Te- technically. Yeah. I mean, you, you just Most stay there of my overnight. Time. Yeah. Um, the senator from Minnesota mm-hmm. dropped out. Yes. Amy Klobuchar. Right. And she she actually intrigued me the most of, okay. of, of the, the party mm-hmm. because she seemed to be the most level headed. Yeah. She wasn't vitriolic and um, petty. Right. As much. Right. Because uh, we watched the debates and, man, you just pull your hair out trying to. That was Sit through this childhood like so spitting match. Entertaining. To was fun. Me. I know. Yeah, it's like I gotta. See, I gotta see this. They're fun. I gotta. I mean, if nothing else, it's straight up entertainment. Yeah. Especially because <laughs> when they go to a pull shot, mm-hmm. pull back shot, <laughs> and then they're standing there, and then it's like it's like okay, now go hand up. Mm-hmm. Now, now down. Now, now you go <laughs> go up. Hey, yep, me. Hey, pick me. And so I watch with my children, and they're like ten and four, thirteen. Right. And it's hilarious because we're cracking up. Because these adults are, hey, oh, over here. No, me, me. Oh, yeah. pick me. It's like it's like um, the donkey in Shrek. Yes. Oh, pick me. It's what I, it's what you, in my head, that's what's rolling. That's exactly Ooh, what it is. Oh, pick me, pick me. Yeah. Do they not see this, the insanity that this system is? I don't know, Is man. there a better way? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're young. This is your first, your first real time in it. Right. Is there a better way, I mean, in your very minimal experience? Right. If you, if you could set up the system, what would it be? Like the are we talking the debate yeah, well, system? Uh, well, sure, yeah. Well, what, what were you asking? Well, no, that the whole system. Like, how how do we get someone on a piece of paper that all the citizens get to go vote for? What's that process? Jeez, I don't know. I haven't should ever we really just put a line, that much... an empty line, and you got to write in someone. Or should we be required to only have a couple options to pick from? No, I think what I think is that I think right now it's we're almost too limited because as many people, I feel like so many people run in one of the two parties that don't necessarily align with 
whatever that party thinks. It's just a little closer. And I think that that's a bit limiting. I feel like there should be more more diversification in if you're going to put like a label on what your your ideology is, that should be you should be able to vote that way and not it just be basically a thrown away vote. Explain that a little better. What what do you mean? You you are you saying we shouldn't have just two party right. options? I don't think it should just be a two part like a well, two party. We're not system. technically. Technically not. Unfortunately, that's where most of the money is. Exactly. And, and so we are the by other... the the result of that is mm-hmm. well there are two parties. Exactly. There's more there's plenty more parties. Yeah, but... just read them on the ballot. The Constitution Party, the Green Party, the Independent Party, the Exactly. Um, like the free pony party. Right. I mean, but <laughs> unicorns would be next. All your, if you vote for that, you're basically just throwing your vote in the garbage because it's not going to do anything. It's not going to get anyone anywhere at this point in time. Because I, I think part of it is because they've, all those other parties have just kind of accepted that they're not going to be able to push through. So they just kind of throw someone out there that vaguely represents their whole party and their whole ideology and maybe 10,000 people hear about it and think, hey, that's a good person. And then they get 10,000 votes and that does nothing in the grand scheme of things. Should we have a straight majority rule vote? Just like a, like if you get all, if you get the most votes, you win. Mm Mm-hmm. Probably. I think so. I think that'd be the better way to go about it. Does that cause problems only because people tend to flock. People of of a feather tend to flock together. Right. Birds, as they say. Yes. Uh, So, theoretically, Mm -hmm. um, large communities tend to have similar ideology. Right. And so what would tend to happen, Mm -hmm. and uh, I think the, the thought behind creating a different system mm-hmm. was that you would have a New York City, yeah, Los Angeles County, yep, and Chicago and Houston. Mm-hmm. Those four cities would determine right who runs everyone mm-hmm. and sets policy for everyone. Mm-hmm. Is that See to, to me that that feels like that that's that's probably not the best scenario because then you do get these, you know, the the edges. Mhm. Of the country determining every policy at some level, right? At least the big ones, um, and so it, you know, it seems like having us little tiny states here, right? You know, the fact that we have a tiny little voice, we actually have a little tiny voice, right? If we, if it was a straight, you know, right, full on majority only, uh, we really would have potentially no voice unless we aligned with the big voice. Well, I I think that's true, but at the same time, the way that I've kind of looked at it is that if you, there's always, because there is, you know, there's the minority voices, and sometimes the the disparity between the majority and the minority is not that large. And so, right now, say there is people in the bigger cities that don't think the way the majority thinks, then their vote is going to mean a bit more. Because, like, say right now, like... If someone was going to vote for Bernie Sanders here in Millbank, that's probably not going to do a whole lot because the as of right now, the way that the election works is that 
South Dakota is going to vote majority Republican, most likely, and it's going to go like the their electoral vote is going to mm-hmm. go there. If it were a direct voting system, there could be a bit more because, you know, there's def- there's going to be plenty of people that will well, vote for. Well, well, but it wouldn't matter in that case. Which may not matter anyway because of the, the polarization of our government mm-hmm. anyway. Right. Um, but it wouldn't matter because everyone, what, there 800,000 people right. at the absolute max yeah. in South Dakota, the entire state. Right. That's, what, the, a pinky's amount worth of L.A.? Yeah. I mean, it's if, if you take the population of Florida, mm-hmm. which is becoming immense. Yeah. We're nothing. It's like a suburb. I actually, I just saw like a graphic a couple days ago that said North Dakota and South Dakota, the population of North Dakota is equivalent to the north half of Manhattan Island. (laughs) And the population of South Dakota is equivalent within like 300 people (laughs) to the south half of Manhattan Island. Manhattan Island has the same population <laughs> as both insane? the Dakotas. Yeah, that's crazy. So, so it, it means effectively that South Dakota, in a in a um, uh, in a straight up democracy, mm-hmm. democratic majority rules, has no say. It means Montana has no say. It means Idaho has no say. Nebraska probably not, because all of the, all of those people mm-hmm. fit within a few of the huge cities that we have. Right. And so what, what that means is all everyone that runs in campaigns, they will never touch one of those states again, ever. They will never be in them because they don't need them. All they have to do is go to L.A. All they have to do is go to New York City. All they got to do is go to Chicago, Detroit, maybe not Detroit even, Houston. Um, not even St. Paul, Minneapolis. If right. you think about it, because yeah. what's there? Is there 900,000 people in that group? I guess. Um, it's like three and 400,000 something between them. Um, so then we never, ever see those again, and it's for real flyover country. Well, at this point, there's now a reason that they need to go to Ohio. They need to go to Nebraska. They need to go to Iowa. They need to go to South Dakota. They mm-hmm. need to go to... There's a reason because there are things that they need to get and, and try to sell themselves. Yeah. And what it does is it personalizes the campaign. It brings the power to the people. You know, mm-hmm. it brings the, the elite down to the us peasants. Right. Down here. <laughs> um, otherwise, we'd absolutely not see them. Yes, I guess that's true. And to, to me, that's more valuable because then, if even if it doesn't really sway them, mm-hmm. they at least are forced to act like they're listening yeah. to the little states. That's true. So for that, it feels like the uh, that other way would really totally isolate the the ed the coasts and the the rest of the country, mm-hmm. uh, you know, outside of a couple big monster cities right. in the middle. But right. For the most part, it's New York, Florida, California. Yeah. So I don't know. I I haven't heard a a better solution. Right. Just whining. Maybe some someday someone may have one. But who knows when that'll come? They'll never be able to run, though, because they're not going to be mainstream. Exactly. Should there be term limits in the Congress of the United States? That is, I've put, you know, I've thought about that. I've gone back and forth on it, kind of, because I feel like there is a lot of value in experience in the role and being in there for a while. Obviously, you're going to get more experience. 
but I think there's also value in getting new people in and getting fresh like fresh ideas in. And so I I don't know, I kind of flip flop on it. Oh, wishy washy. Yeah, a little bit. Hmm. <coughs> the state of South Dakota has ev- everyone mm-hmm. has a term limit. Mm-hmm. Um president has a term limit. Mm-hmm. But not the Congress of the US. Right. So this is why we have senators and representatives that are there twenty, thirty years. Right. Seems strange. A little bit that they're they're some of the only people that aren't checked that way. I agree. And that's that see, that's exactly mm-hmm. what I'm saying, is that it's there's a back and forth because there's value to them being in there for so long and having you know, like a voting record and so much exper- like political experience in such a big field. But then again, there's nothing to There's no fresh check air. That. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's got to be a compromise somewhere. There has to be, but again, that's not that's not mine. That's not my playing field. <laughs> what compromise? No, no. Yeah, that too, you know. Yeah. <laughs> All right, enough of politics. Um, what do you think of Sasquatch? Probably real. I mean, you're nor- no- uh, northern, <laughs> not northern Minnesota, but close. Yeah, we're, we're up there. There's a lot of lot of stories, yeah. folklore up in that area. Yeah, I think it's possible. Think so? I think there's probably. You think there's some like beast out there in the woods? There could be something. There's your film. There you go. That'll get you on the map. There we go. Even if you faked it, it gets you on the map for a minute. You get oh, 15 yeah. minutes of fame. That's all you need. I know. I don't know. It intrigues me. There's a story of a guy that I, I have not verified it because mm-hmm. I'm told that if if uh, you ask him about it, he'll deny it. He's an old sheriff from mm-hmm. the county to the east of us. Um, <clears throat> And apparently there was some extraterrestrial type something that chased his squad car. Oh? Middle of the night, going north, in the middle of nowhere. Whoa. And that intrigues me so much, <laughs> because it's probably straight up crap, mm-hmm. but man, it's a fascinating thought. But what if it is? I know, wouldn't it be crazy? And, and I want to get the guy. I guess he's still around. He's just retired. Oh. And they, they tell me that he won't talk about it. I think you have to try. We should try. That. Yeah. <laughs> you ready to come down? We'll, we'll gang up on Yeah. Him. I'll, I mean, we'll. I'll bring a camera. You can, yeah, <laughs> ambush we'll, him. Yeah. So tell us about that night in 1970. Tell us, <laughs> right? <laughs> Just straight up. Let's have it. Yeah. <laughs> camera up, ready, filming. <laughs> have a big red light in the front. Yeah. <clears throat> We're good. That'll get him. That'll do it for sure. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh okay. Yeah, you're right. You're right. That's exactly it. I'm gonna tell it. <laughs> yeah. What do you think about conspiracies? Um, mm, I think they're they're fun. I think a lot of them are probably have no merit but they're always fun to read and think wow someone came up with that <laughs> did we go to the moon speaking of conspiracies i I, have, I didn't but right i have did, did humans send on the moon i have no reason i mean i yes there's people saying that there's reason to believe that we didn't but i think that we did does it would it matter if we did or didn't i mean is it something that yeah yes or no it doesn't matter I think that probably not, honestly, because I think that if, well, hmm, I think it would because I think that we're gonna we're gonna go to space. 
humanity's going to keep going to space. You We're mean to keep going to uh, inhabit space? I think so. You think so? I think so. How? Eventually, I don't know. I don't know how we'll do it, but I think that we will. And I think that I mean, if, there's a Tesla floating around up there somewhere. That's right. I think that Elon's going to get us there. He's going <laughs> to get yeah, us to Elon Mars. Will do it. He'll do it. I believe in him. Um. If on his way he could just drop some of that cash he's burning yeah. just down in the Millbank area, that'd be great. That'd be really cool, too. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit. Just a little. Not much. Yeah. Half a percent. Something yeah. Um, I mean, the White Millbank Project would actually really like that. Yeah, for <clears> sure. Mr. Musk. Yeah. If you're listening. <laughs> right. Because um, why wouldn't you be? Yeah, you should be. This is the best. Hello. Um. But yeah, I think, I think that we'll probably, we'll eventually get up there. I don't know how soon. But I think that we will. Do you find it odd that it was in the '60s that we went there? Yeah, I think it was because I, mean, like I, I should know this. '68, I think that you know we supposedly. I'll put that in quotes yeah. only because there is some question. Right. Um, we're not making a claim here on the mm-hmm. campus report. No, because uh, we are not educated enough. Right. This even is not my wheelhouse. Correct. Even though Alex is in currently in school. All right. <clears throat> his education is in something else. Not this school. Um. Why haven't we been back is my question. That was 50 years ago. I mean, I nearly. Think, I think now it's kind of a waste of time because I don't know, unless we're going to live there, which I don't think we'd live on the moon. That seems... Well, if you watch the movies, the Nazis are on the dark side of the moon, right? Well, Isn't that where they we were? We don't want to live with the Nazis. Well, we got to get them. They're bad. <laughs> You've wait, seen Transformers. Wait, wait. <laughs> Isn't that where <laughs> the dark side of the moon is where all yeah, the stuff is? Yeah. We'll wait for them. We'll just, <laughs> we'll prep here and wait for them. No, I think, like, at this point, it's more of a waste of time and resources than anything. Because I think when we did it, we were just trying to beat the Russians there. And that was a big part of it. Okay. And that's a big part of the okay. conspiracy, too. So here's the thought. Right. It, was it merely PR Right. To push them off. So, ah, we got there first. You're done. Right. And that's. But they, see, that sounds more feasible to me than. It's possible. Shooting someone up. And, that knows? was what they talked about. In, We're not making a claim here. No. Though. That was what they said in um, Interstellar. That was what they. That was the curriculum they were teaching in the school. Oh. Did you ever see that movie, nope. Interstellar? That's the whole thing because Matthew McConaughey plays in a former astronaut. Now, hang on a second. Yes. Did they go to space in that movie? Yes. Exactly. What do you mean? Well, you, you they, when we saw it. Oh, well, right, right. Right. Hello. Yeah. They it filmed was, that <laughs> in course. space for real. <laughs> no, but Matthew McConaughey was an ex-astronaut and his daughter got in a fight in school because she argued with someone because like, the school curriculum was that it was just a big like propaganda campaign to get the Russians to keep spending money so that we could win the Cold War. (laughs) And she was like, no, it's not. My dad's been to space, and she got in a fight, and then he came and yelled at the school, and then they left, and she got suspended. But (laughs) that was the kind of, that was a whole little thing in the movie. It was such a minor thing, but that was what that made me think of immediately. Who was the, who was the guy that, that went to space and everyone... Like he he was the he just passed just that was wasn't John Glenn who was who was the guy that um oh brother um I don't know you have to give me more well, to work I, with I, oh Buzz was it Buzz Aldrin was it 
Oh, because I'm... Yes, it was Buzz Aldrin. He was the latest... Uh, he supposedly was the guy. Let's see, I just did a, a, a interweb search. Okay, yes. <clears throat> we uh, have the resources to do that here. We do. It's, it's 2020. On September 12, 1962, President Kennedy delivered a speech to more than 35,000 spectators gathered at Rice University in Houston and marked the beginning of a new era in the space race with the Soviet Union. His stirring speech was the defining moment not just for his presidency in the U.S., but also for the entire world. We choose to go to the moon. <laughs> <laughs> In this decade, then do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Right. So that's the, the, the press. That's right. Um, <clears throat> Buzz Aldrin was supposedly had walked on the moon. Mm-hmm. Moon. Yes. Yes. Uh, he had a reputation near the end of his life where people would actually del- question him. Did this happen? Why are you in, in this cover? And he would fight them. Mm-hmm. He would, like, attack them. Yeah, like fist fights. Yeah. So, if we're going to go down the road of if you've got nothing to hide, why bother? Why fight someone that does that? Why, why, why get so mad and to punch them? He probably got tired of it. Well, maybe. He'd been totally. hearing that for 50 years. <laughs> oh, oh, you didn't actually go there. And he's t- quit discrediting my life's work, my biggest achievement. I also thought it was strange that just recently um, NASA lost the footage. It's all gone. All the original footage. We don't know what happened to it. Whoops. Really? That's a problem. Maybe a little bit. Mm-hmm. Because now we're evidence. You know, we went there. Just believe us. Mm-hmm. We're making no claims here on the campus report. We're just <laughs> no, merely no exploring. Claims. None at all. <laughs> exploring the conspiracy. Who knows? <clears throat> you think they're aliens? Yes. Ooh. Really? Yep. To what end? What does that mean? I think... You think they're smarter little green things up there in space? Probably not. I think that with how big the universe is and how very, very little we know about it, there's a very, very, very strong chance that there's something else alive somewhere to some degree even if it's just tiny little, like, worms. But I think that there's something. Now, if it's something that's even close to being as advanced as, like, a something that we would recognize as a civilization, that's probably less likely, but who knows? Huh. Yeah. I've probably put more time into that. <laughs> thinking about that than I should have, but, you know. Is, is this why your your interest went away from history? What are you going to do when you got Monday, Wednesday, Friday doing nothing, just sitting around? You're going to think about aliens and stuff. That's right. Aliens and politics and movies. That's well, that's me. What else is there? <laughs> there was a guy. Uh, I, I, let's see if I can find his name. Um, He got, he was on Rogan. Um... Let's see. There was a documentary just recently released. 
Oh, brother, it's on, I think I saw it last fall. It was on the Netflix. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it was about a guy who used to work for the Defense Department. Oh, the Area 51 yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and he was on Rogan, mm-hmm. the G, uh, the Joe Rogan experience. Yes. Uh, let me find it here. Um, Another great podcast. <clears throat> yes. Uh, well, and Bob Lazar. Yes. Bob Lazar is the man. Uh, if you're interested, Joe Rogan Experience, episode 1315, mm-hmm. uh, from June 2019. Uh, that was, and it's a two hour long. Two, one, boom. Two hours, 14 minutes long. Yep. Um, <clears throat> he's a physicist who worked uh, at the Los Alamos National Laboratory in New Mexico. Yes. Um, and he claims that the U.S. government has spacecraft. Mm-hmm. That is something that we don't have. Has technology we don't have. Right. That it, uh, the propulsion system. Mm-hmm. And, and this is what intrigued me the most because it's absolutely fascinating. Yeah. It creates its own gravity. Yeah. And rather than shooting itself, like propelling itself, it actually draws itself to things based mm-hmm. on its gravity. So it's like aiming magnets is the idea. Right. It yeah. sucks you through. And I don't know that it it was absolutely fascinating. No idea if it's true, but I think the guy. It would be weird if it wasn't. And then you get these videos of the the uh, these Air Force pilots. Yeah. Out over the water, and mm-hmm. they there's something on their radar that's bizarre, and it moves just insane. Quick. Yeah, and it can turn. Yeah. Like Ninety degrees. And then it's gone in the water. Yeah. It's just flipping around. Right. And it's weird. Like that, it, that totally intrigues me. Yeah, I, I really agree. want it to be real. I know, <laughs> and I think that was the one. That was the one interesting thing with that Bob Lazar too, because I was I was listening to it and I was like, uh, I don't know. His story has been consistent. No, oh, yeah, for, yeah, since like the early eighties, mm-hmm. since he got out, he's been and he's been abused pretty heavily. Yeah, by the authorities. Yeah, and harassed. He, his and, story has not yeah. never changed. The documentary is called Bob Lazar, Area 51 and Flying Saucers. Yeah, and it's on Netflix, right? Uh, it's a, Well, it was, at least. It, yeah. At least it was. Right. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Some, I don't have that right, that sound effect. Drat. Oh. Wow, wow, wow. There you go. That works. <laughs> there we go. That's close. That's, co- that's cool, too, yeah. Um. So, that, I don't know, that totally intrigues me. Yeah. You'll never believe what I found. Oh, no. Yesterday. This was yesterday. I. I so. Yesterday in, being March 8, 2020. That is correct. I. For the first time, about. It was last Tuesday. So about a week ago now. I. It was the day that I texted you to set this up. It was last Tuesday. And I was driving up to Fargo because. So I was home. And. I could not get my work shift off. So I had to drive back up to Fargo to work that night, and then I drove back. But And so I needed something to fill the time while I was driving. And so I was looking, and I saw that you did a podcast with Jake Sandvig, and I decided to listen to it. And then I realized that I'd actually never listened to either of the ones that I was on. Ugh. Now... I'd started. So it's to. been really nice for you to come in. So I think it's time to wrap. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I'd always I'd started to a couple times, mm-hmm. but I always had, I've always had such a problem with listening to the sound of my own voice. Okay. That I I would stop and I'd be like uncomfortable listening to it. 
But I finally decided I should I should yeah, suck it up back. and do it. Well, because I'd already set it up with you, so I was mm-hmm. like, I should see, you know, see what I said, see if I've learned anything new. And towards the end of the last one I did, we talked about, it was like a weird news story of a guy who brought a dead raccoon into a McDonald's ah, in yes. San Francisco. And yesterday, on Twitter, a video popped up of a guy in San Francisco bringing a dead raccoon into a McDonald's, <laughs> and there, I the odds of that happening to me. Hold on, are, there are no odds. There are none. Hello, that's the system. <laughs> it knew this is it not knew a I was theory. Coming. Yeah, no, no, it didn't know. It it knew what you were doing. Yep, it heard you. Yes, it heard the show. Yes. And it it gave me this video because they're listening well, anyway. But that's the thing is that this this tweet ha- it happened yesterday. So that this it, this was acting like it's a new story. So either a day before I come back on <laughs> with like a fourteen bring- <laughs> month gap, an old man brings a dead right. raccoon into a McDonald's in San Francisco, or this person randomly dug up this video. Again, a day before I was going to come back. After now, like is this someone you know that you follow on no, the Twitter? No, just, okay. it just showed up. Wow. Like that astronomical. So let's go into uh, <clears throat> the tracking system that we all live in now. Right. <laughs> we all, yep. I tell you, it's real. It's real. So I was doing a film project in Watertown okay. a month or so ago. And... Between interviews with people, we had a whole bunch of people scrolling through for different interview pieces. So between down in, the, in some downtime, I was talking with the um, the my contact at the company, mm-hmm. and we were talking about lawnmowers. Okay, and uh, they said that well, they got a, an electric mower. Mm-hmm. And okay, whatever. We yeah. talked for I don't know, three or four minutes about yeah. it. Yeah, nothing. About twenty minutes later, I was going to say within an as, hour, you definitely as saw something. They are, Doing a take, I'm just sitting there, mm-hmm. and it's rolling, scrolling through the face bag. And there it is. What do I see? An ad for an electric lawnmower. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what that made me want to do? Burn my phone. Yeah, not buy an electric lawnmower. Uh, and burn my phone. <laughs> yeah. Dump it. Get off the grid. Yeah. <clears throat> Are we being ruled by AI at this point? At some level. Controlled. How about controlled? Maybe, yeah, probably to a degree. I think so. I think that that's. Is this the demise? I'm holding up my phone. Is this the demise of our society? No, I don't think so. I think that while maybe the technology needs to change, I think that we're not we're not ditching it anytime soon. Obviously, it's become too much of a creature comfort for everyone and also it's become such a crucial part of you know business and entertainment and everything that society almost revolves around it phone and internet and compute you know everything and so i think that while maybe that can change i think that also we're also just going to finally realize this isn't going away. I think we need to also kind of adapt and change as well. But here's my struggle. Mm-hmm. I was born in the late 70s. Mm-hmm. 
eked in three months before the eighties. Um, so I don't remember them at all. Yeah, yeah, I remember nothing. I just made it. Um, we used to have to wait for things. Mm-hmm. There was times when there was downtime. Mm-hmm. Uh, the car we had as a family had no air conditioning, except the rolly window down. Right, and you know so that that works kind of. Yeah. Um. Today's society, your generation. I mean, heck, even us really now. I mean, right. We've adapted it's and we've everywhere. embraced it all. Yeah. You can hardly find someone that's sitting down and reading something on paper or not doing anything that is not associated with an electronic screen. Mm-hmm. Why? And is that the problem? And see, that's the thing is that I don't know if it's necessarily a problem as much as it is just different and just centralized. Because I think, say a lot of people, you know, like you said, they're reading something on paper or they're, you know, they're on like a, a business phone call or they're reading a newspaper or doing anything like that. You Now you can do that all in one place. And I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing or a bad thing, because I think that there are definitely... There are definitely some downsides to everything being digitalized. Um, but I think it's just it's at this point it's become such a such a a convenience, but it's also such a it's a it's a very useful tool, I think. And so I don't think that it's the phone itself is not necessarily a problem. I think it's a, like it's some people have, have very addictive personalities. Is that a cop out? How do you mean? You think that's a crutch? Oh, I'm addicted to this because I have a personality that's addictive. Now, I, I, and I'm some not, people I'm not maybe. trying to minimize the no. reality that there are obviously there. There's some chemical responses, people right? Get. But this is no different. The parts of the brain that if I post something on Facebook mm-hmm. or Instagram, mm-hmm. I post it. What am I waiting for? Validation. Someone. Yep. And a bunch of them, hopefully, to go, hey, cool. Double tap. Yeah. That's all I care about Mm -hmm. because that's the thing. And the the neato part about that is it triggers the same part of your brain that cocaine does. Yep. That's terrifying. It is. So at some point, this is crack that doesn't kill you as as easily. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's, that's like I'm saying, like. I think that maybe some aspect of your phone and your technology needs to change, but I think that also we need to start figuring out a way to maybe maybe embrace isn't the right word, but just start to utilize it in a in a way that is less destruct and just harness what's already happening. And it's at this point, it's almost inevitable. You know, everyone's hooked to it. Find a way to harness that and put it into things that are productive and good. Maybe I was at the local grocery store. Okay, recently. When Which you're, one? one There's you're two. familiar with. <laughs> There's two. Which one? The one you're familiar with. Familiar with both of them. You did not work at one of them. Oh, I did. Yes. Okay. <laughs> that was for just, just a kidding. few months. Right. right. Yeah. Um. 
the person, the young chap checking me out, mm-hmm. <clears throat> had Apple ear earbuds hanging out of his head, ear, to his phone in his pocket mm-hmm. as he's ringing me up. Are you kidding me? Yeah, that's that's a problem. Do we not? Do we need manners again? Have we lost manners? Person to person manners. Some people, I don't think, and again, I don't think that that is necessarily the fault of the phone. Of course it is. No. Absolutely. No. It, well, oh, okay. At some level it is because this thing can do so much. Mm-hmm. It becomes your MP3 player. Right. It, I mean, it's, it's, your, it's your new Walkman. Right. I mean, not yours. You yeah, yeah, young kids. Uh, no. What's that? What's that? What's a tape? What's a CD? Right, um, you're talking about <laughs> coming in at the beginning of the 80s. I came in. Two months oh, before brother. the new millennia. Holy cow. Yeah. Uh, and it's everything. Yeah. Which I love. And I, a friend and I were both within a few months of each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and we both have thought, well, what could we get rid of this? And I'm holding up an iPhone. Yes. Could we get rid of it? I'd love to. Right. But then I realized, well, I have my calendar's on here for my job. Um, I email people right. from here. Mm-hmm. Um, I do text a lot of clients, mm-hmm. and I text a lot of imagery, mm-hmm. and it's really clean and simple to send a picture as a proof or whatever via text. Right. Um, what else? Oh, I stream tons of podcasts. Yeah. Uh, I, I stream music. Mm-hmm. I don't think I can get rid of this because of those things. And I mean, I could, but it would make my life different than it is. Yeah. But I, I guess I don't know. I mean, is... Are we too far down the road? I mean, is it not? It, it, we just it's embrace it, deal with it. I or think at this point, yeah. Could we go backward? Could we? And maybe just some of us need to. Like the idea that we're sitting across the table having a conversation, right? This is abnormal. Yeah, because usually the conversation happens through this piece of glass here. That's true. And it most of the time it's a text conversation. Mm-hmm. Well, you know how much you can't inflect. Text messages. Yeah, that's why we have emojis, so you yeah. can send. Oh, that's how I'm feeling. Exactly. But you could lie now. I can't lie to you. I mean, you could. I could, but <laughs> it's it's easier for you to figure it out. Right. Eyebrows. I was listening to someone the other day. Your eyebrows speak more than just an expression. Like that's part of speech. Yeah. And part of listening. Mm-hmm. Like if I if I'm just sitting here like this, I turn my back to you, and I'm listening. You don't know what I'm. I could be rolling my eyes. I could be doing whatever. You don't know. Right. If I face you, I can engage with you. You talk about something that's sad, I can have a sad face. I can get excited with you without saying anything. Mm-hmm. We lose. That's lost in this digital age. So I, I guess what I'm wondering is, do we need to embrace some of the old? Or throw it out. It's crap. It's garbage. We don't need it. I don't think. No, I don't think that it's we can just say no. It's garbage. We don't need it because obviously it worked for a long time and it still works now. I think that we've just we've come across a new way that also works in some ways better than the old ways. But there's also those situations where you need to use the older way because it like you said, you can convey emotion or I mean, there's some there's. And uh, this kind of ties into the conveying emotion, but like if there's someone that 
you're going to say you're going to tell them something that maybe you it's going to be impactful in some way that you most of the time I know I personally I wouldn't want to find that out by reading it I want someone to <laughs> someone right. to tell it to me mm-hmm. and, and then that also goes hand in hand with having another person there and having that shared experience mm-hmm. and I think that that's more difficult to do over a screen but I think that having that conversation like being able to converse over screen like over text as well is also great because especially someone that went to college I've gone off and I was the only one from my graduating class that went to the school that I went to and I had a bunch of friends that were still in high school here I had friends that went to SDSU all over and I'm still able to communicate with them regularly if not daily you know and I think that that is, that's definitely something that I, I probably take it for granted more than I should because I think having, being able to talk to people that are hundreds of miles away instantaneously is such a, a great It's thing. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, one of the things that I love about the current technology that we get to have mm-hmm. is I can easily Send. I've got an uncle in Oregon, mm-hmm. and we're pretty close. He's mm-hmm. a, he's probably my favorite uncle. He'll never hear this. Okay, and the other ones won't either. So okay, <laughs> good, yeah. good, good, good. He's 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 the best. Um, <laughs> but it's fun because if there's something I want to show him, I can just shoot him a picture of it. Yeah, and then write about it, and that's cool because then you know, he's in he's two thousand miles away. Yeah, and there's still that that personal touch almost because we do talk every now and then Uh uh-huh and but i can still send that so there's that visual connection Uh, and so that's one of the reasons that i just don't think i can eliminate a smartphone Mm -hmm. because of that the multimedia aspect of it yeah but i do think that we have become too reliant on them and that they have become our our uh pacifier shall we say yeah because how often do you when you're sitting with nothing to do, mm-hmm. don't pick up your phone to look at. I mean, I, I, I do. That's typically the, the response. Oh, I have a few minutes to sit down. Sit down. Phone comes out. Now, what am I doing? Yeah. I'm certainly not being productive. Mm-hmm. I'm not being creative. Right. Like, I, I, I should take that time and put it into something that matters. Right. But I don't. Mm-hmm. And that, yeah, it's just the, you know, I, I can claim, well, it's, well, it's our society. It's what we do. But is that the right answer? I think, hmm, because I think that in a way, nowadays, I feel like not even just because of our phones, but just the way that everything has been moving, there is, there's not as much time where it's, you have a good chunk of time with absolutely nothing. It's, there's a lot more shorter bursts of inactivity. And I think that that is where, was that the problem? Phone is, what do you mean? That we don't have as much t- downtime? That we're running too much? It could be seen as a problem, I think. For sure. Because, I mean, the way that I look at it is, oh, I've got 10 minutes here. I'll catch up on news or something mm-hmm. or see what 
people are doing or I'll send a text to someone or, you know, whatever, something like that. But if if I do find my t- myself with an hour or two, then, yeah, sure, I'll find something productive to do. But it, it seems like that's getting rarer and rarer, where I find an hour or two where I have no plans with other people or something that needs to be done or anything like that, you know? Why is it so abnormal for us if we see someone sitting reading a book? Mm-hmm. Like, that feels foreign in a way. You know, outside of in the library. Right. That's like, you know, you see someone that, if they're, I don't know, sitting at the airport reading a book, mm-hmm. that's just weird. It feels odd, sitting at the mall reading a book. Mm-hmm. But it's it, it's assumed that they'll be looking at their phone. Heck, while they're walking down the road. Doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. I don't know. It, it, it's just fascinating, you know, for me, being able to see, like, the, the revolution of this digital age. Right. Really, really come to fruition in my lifetime. Right, because that, exactly, like, you saw it come in. It's always just kind of been here for me, you know? I mean, to a degree. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I remember my parents having big old brick cell phones, you know, the <laughs> big guys. And, like, I've seen it come in, mm-hmm. but it's just, it's always been present. Yeah. And so it's been, I don't know, I feel like and I, that definitely shapes Mm-hmm. my view of it you know because it's it's always been around in varying degrees yeah. as i've gone because it's become more accessible to me like as i've aged it's become it's become more necessary as it's become more necessary for me to need it mm-hmm. because as I come into high school, or as say as I come into middle school, the internet is fully up and running. It's easy to access. And then as I'm getting into high school where I need, you know, more communication with people and more resources, it's easier and easier to access it and get all that, all those things. And I think that's going to keep moving. Um, was that much different going into college or was it just the same? Like, like access to it? I feel like the access to it was the same, but the need was even more so mm. for c- communication-wise mm-hmm. because of the fact that I was going to be separate from all of my friends that I yeah. went from seeing all day, every day, to seeing them. Like, I just met up, right before I came here, I met up with one of my friends who graduated last year uh, for lunch, and I haven't seen him since Christmas, mm. you know? But... I still talk to him probably once a week. And so I think that being able to do that is great, but there's also there's there it's it was great to be able to go and see him in person right. and sit down with him for an hour. Yeah, and actually have a conversation. Right. Yep. And so that's again, I think that there's a lot of merit for both, mm-hmm. you know, being able to sit and have a conversation but also being able to stay in contact so that there's not, it's not like, you know, this, all these major events have happened and it's, he's a completely different person. The last time I saw him, Mm -hmm. I've been able to kind of keep at least basic tabs on the major events that have happened. And so I'm not entirely out of the loop. (laughs) 
You gotta be in the know. Yeah. <clears throat> so when do you go back? I go or back. Are you here for spring break? Or is, it, is this not the right time? This week is spring break. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Oh, nice. That's why it's nice-ish. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I go back. I'll go back next Monday. Okay. The yeah. 10? No. The, no, that's the 16th. Yep. Yeah. And then immediately after that, I'm jumping right back. I'm super busy because, so I work at the historic Fargo Theater Ooh. in Fargo, North Dakota. What do you do there? I am a projectionist. <laughs> yep. So Same. you project the future? What no, is I that? project the movies. Ah. Yeah. And so, Everything digital then? Yes. We have, yeah, we have two digital projectors there. We just have two theaters. Um. I believe they do still have the capacity for 35, but they never, ever, ever use it. Well, they're not making films on on film anymore, are they? Some places do. Really? I believe Sony Sony is the only distributor mm. that still sends out on 35. We have a 35 over at the Mill I know, right but now. they don't use it, do they? They have it right now. There's a movie down there right now. Oh, really? Now. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. I believe it's a Sony Pictures movie. Well, that would make sense. (laughs) If they get one probably once every six months to a year now here Mm -hmm. in Millbank, but there hasn't been one up at the Fargo Theater for years now. Mm. Because it's just... So is it a uh, blockbuster theater? No. So so you're seeing all the new stuff, or is it... No, it is more of an... A retro. Art house, Ah. indie theater, yeah. Um. I, I, what do we have there right now? I'll pull it up quick, and we'll see. Cause I'm sure. Right now we have. This will pull up. We have Portrait of a Lady on Fire, which is a French film. That sounds horrifying. Apparently, it's not. It's a. It's a romance. Mm. And then a movie called Greed, which I have not heard of. And then just this weekend we had the, because it's, it's a movie theater, but it's also, we do events there. There's a lot of, because there's a, there's a stage in our main theater. So I mean, can you do theater events? Or is it more like speakers and such like that? Well, they just had the Fargo Comedy Fest Ooh. was just there. Um, the headliner, Any big names? Joel McHale. Really? Was just there last night. Was he good? Oh, you weren't. I wasn't there, no, but I guess he was good. Um, get a lot of concerts. Uh, Tanya Tucker was just there last uh, Friday. So Tanya Tucker. Tanya Hello. Tucker. Was just there last Friday. <laughs> wow. Um, let's see who has been there since I'm. I got to meet um, Kenny G. Really? He performed there. I got to meet him. Wow, with his um, hair and every, Oh no, yeah. short hair now. No, no. Oh, he's is, still, it, he's is it big? Long and, and luscious. Oh, yeah. Nice. Um, that guy's a killer saxophonist. It's crazy. Um, I got to meet. Who did I meet? So you worked the door for that show? Uh, yeah, I worked the concession stand. Oh, okay. So yeah. do you get to enjoy the show, or you don't get to go in during that? I can hear it out in the okay. lobby, just through the doors. But even sometimes that's enough. You know, <laughs> you can take that. I got to appreciate take that it. As you will. Yeah. Um. Who else? I met. Um. Napoleon Dynamite and Pedro, they came really? there for last year's Fargo Film Festival, which is mm. what's coming up next week. Ooh. Yeah, that's why I'm going to be very, very, very busy. Mm. From Tuesday through Saturday, Um, it's basically- Was it nonstop films? Just an all day, 
every day. For and then like is is it a days. movie? Then a like interviews with the the I, people if they're there. Okay. Yeah. So there's going to be some filmmakers there, but otherwise it's just going to be movie, 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 movie. Mm. You know, all day. And there's, I think there's, I'm not positive because we don't have a schedule out yet, like for us employees. Um, but usually there's like some events, it, like woven in in yeah. throughout there, bigger speakers and stuff. Like like I said last year, apparently the guys from Napoleon Dynamite were just there, are like touring the country, showing their movie and talking about it really? afterwards. And they were like, "Hey, we like Fargo." We're gonna stop on by, if that's okay. And of course, <laughs> of course, our director <laughs> was like, "Yeah, that's perfect. Please, we'll work you in. We're doing mm. a festival right now." So mm. they stopped by. I got to meet them, take a picture with them. It was really cool. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, no, nah, never mind. I don't have anything. <laughs> I thought I had something to say, but I didn't. Um. Well, I'm glad you came back in. I'm glad I Let's came back do it in again. too. Can we? Because there's absolutely. I so love this. Whenever you're I love around. this. Um, before we wrap, though, yeah. tell me about John Bernard. Man, I, I don't even know. That is such a sad situation. Who is John Bernard? John Bernard was a cousin of one of the owners of the Mill Theater. Um, he was a regular there. He'd come in. He lives here in Mill... Or he lived here in Millbank. He... Would come in, hang out. He was a great friend of a lot of the employees there over the years. Uh, I got to know him as soon as I started working there, my freshman year of high school. And I was, he was a very, very close friend of mine for the last five or six years. Hmm. Yeah. Apparently, he touched a lot of lives in this community. He did, well, very much so. And especially people that have gone off as well, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah, that was a very, that was actually, a rid, that was why I came home early. I was home all last week. Yeah. Because I was coming home to visit him because he was down in Sioux Falls. And then he sadly passed away last Friday, I believe. February 28th. Yeah. yeah, and so I... He's not very old. No, he's 66. 66. Yeah. I was having a very, very rough time with that because I was up at school, so I came down early, earlier than I was going to, and I've just kind of been here hmm. in Millbank for the last week or so. Yeah. Well, not to end on a terribly, terribly yeah. down note, but yeah. <clears throat> this is the campus report uh, where we sit down with kids, kids, young adults I'm, now. Yeah, I'd say so. Holy cow. You guys are aging fast. I can vote. <laughs> I can I can do a lot of things. Just not drink yet. No. Or smoke cigarettes. No, uh, no, oh, not anymore. It. Not anymore. That's right. Um, Alex, come back. Will do. Please. I'd love to. And then uh, where can people find you, follow you? See about your work. Um, yeah, so I have stock you. I have a YouTube channel Ooh. and a an Instagram page. Uh, Papow Productions, P O P O W exclamation point Productions on YouTube, and then just P O P O W Productions on Instagram. I have 
very few things up as of right now, but but that's where be, they'll be. There'll be more coming. Excellent. I have a few things on the way. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you coming in. Thanks so much. This is Craig Weinberg in the Y Mobile Podcast Studio in Mobile, South Dakota. This is the Campus Report. Thank you.